Please join me in hymn 607.
the work of the Lord, neither consider the operation of his hands. Therefore my people are gone in their captivity, because they have no knowledge, and their honorable men are banished, and their multitude dried up with thirst. Therefore hell hath enlarged herself, and opened her mouth without measure, and their glory, and their multitude, and their pomp, and he that rejoiceth shall descend into it. And the mean man shall be brought down, and the mighty man shall be humbled, and the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. But the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment, and God that is holy shall be sanctified in righteousness. Then shall the lands be after their manner, and the waste places of the fat ones shall strangers eat. Woe unto them that draw iniquity with cords of vanity, and sin as it were with a cart rope, that say, Let him make speed and hasten his work, that we may see it. And let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel draw nigh and come, that we may know it. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine, and men of strength to mingle strong drink, which justify the wicked for reward, and take away the righteousness of the righteous from them. Therefore as the fire devoureth the stubble, and the flame consumeth the chaff, so their root shall be as rottenness, and their blossoms shall go up as dust, because they have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts and despise the word of the Holy One of Israel. Therefore is the anger of the Lord kindled against his people, and he hath stretched forth his hand against them, and hath smitten them. And their hills did tremble, and their carcasses were torn in the midst of the streets. For all his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. And he will lift up an answer to the nations from far, and will hiss unto them from the end of the world. And behold, they shall come with speed swiftly. None shall be buried or stumble among them. None shall slumber nor sleep. Neither shall the girdle of their loins be loosed, nor the latch of their shoes be broken. Whose arrows are sharp, and all their bows bent. The horses' food shall be counted like flint, and their wheels like a whirlwind. Their roaring shall be like a lion, and they shall roar like a young lion. Yea, they shall roar and lay hold of the fray, and shall carry it away safe, and none shall deliver it. On that day they shall roar against them like the roaring of the sea. And if one look unto the land, behold, darkness and sorrow, and the light is darkened in the heavens thereof.
approve of thee and worthy magnify thy holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. God spake these words and said, I am the Lord thy God, thou shalt have none other gods but me. Lord, Thou shalt not make to thyself any graven image, but the likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or in the earth beneath, or in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down to them, nor worship them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, and visit the sins of the fathers, upon the children under the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and show mercy unto thousands of them that love me, and keep my commandments. Lord, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Lord, have mercy upon us, and upon our hearts to you this law. Remember that thou keep holy the Sabbath day. Six days shalt thou labor and do all that thou hast to do, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt do no manner of work, now that thy son and thy daughter, thy manservant and thy maidservant, thy cattle and the stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and hallowed it. Lord, Read, bark, learn, and inwardly 
digest them, that by patience and comfort of thy holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessing of the everlasting life, which thou hast given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end.
first chapter of St. Luke, beginning at the 25th verse. And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves rolling, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. And he spake to them a parable. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth, ye see and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. The Nicene Creed on page 246. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Oh, man. 
So 
newly created out of a union of God and man, Jew and Greek, rich and poor. A union made possible only for the reconciling death of Christ. He is commanding this group of men and women to be a public reputation of everything the fallen world tries to worship. The idolatry breaks the unity which can only come from worshiping the true saving God with one united voice. The Word of God is where we find that voice. We find that voice so that we no longer speak with the vain babbling tongues of men, but rather sing in the exalted language of Almighty God. What a privilege. By reading and singing and praying through the Bible, we become the human heralds of God's victory. We discard the discordant arguing of those whose only hope lies in the schemes of powerful men. We join with the heavenly choir, praising God about every breath and thought. This united front is the living, breathing manifestation of what Christ has accomplished in his sacrificial death. As St. Paul writes, For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness, in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. Romans chapter 15, verse 89. Sadly, the more we have abandoned the word of God, the less sense that last sentence makes to us, and the less hope we can derive from promises we don't understand, patriarchs we don't care about, and a glory we don't even know how to belong to. However, by humbly uniting ourselves to the Word, we see ever more clearly that God the Son has brought history itself to its climax by eternally binding himself to the humanity of God's elect people. God the Son became man, so a new and righteous mankind could keep the unbreakable promises of God given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of Israel's destiny come to life, the great blessing to all the nations of the world, the sacrifice which accomplishes the saving covenant made between God and man 4,000 years ago. There is no real hope in our lives which is separated from this assured, God-guaranteed hope. Everything else in this world will eventually fail or disappoint us. Everything else will eventually turn to ash in our hands, or in our children's hands, or in our children's children's hands. We are either connected to God's saving work, the Bible is either our Bible, or we are hopeless as every other sad fool who thinks death can somehow be brought. Every poor soul who thinks his collection of accomplishments is worth a day if it isn't in service for the Lord of everlasting love. Today, today, St. 
Saint Paul holds up the Lord for all of us to see. And then he turns to us and invites us to be united with him at each other in praise and worship. Praise and worship, what an interesting thing to focus on right after all of that. But it makes perfect sense. For too many of us have been convinced by the lost and the damned that the worship and praise are the enemies of action and accomplishment. But this evil lie couldn't be further from the truth. When we come together as a worshiping community, we bind ourselves to the one great untainted human accomplishment. The one time our selfish, confused race of man has ever gotten anything perfectly right. When we worship together, we bind ourselves to the cross. As St. Paul writes to the Corinthians, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. In our sacramental feast, the word dwells with us when we recite the words of God in flesh. Take, eat, this is my body. Drink ye all of this, for this is my blood of the New Testament. We say these words, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are united to the God and the first seven. We are united to him and to all those who faithfully cling to the cross. Jew and Greek, African and European, Asian, Australian, Republican and Democrat, all united in the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving with a God-man who saved the world. There is simply nothing in our lives which will ever rise above our participation in glorifying God for his mercy. Nothing. Parts of our heart try to convince us differently of the parts we should be fighting with ever renews the people or activities in our lives which we allow to seduce us away from daily praise and worship, from a loving study of God's word and the hope and comfort found. These should be recognized as the terrible enemies they are. For the praise and worship of God in our daily lives, and together as the community of faith, this is the ultimate sign of defiance against Satan. And the evil we love. The pain and misery more stuff or experiences will ever, never care. Our praise and worship is the humble offering of our souls and bodies. That humble offering the evil one was unable to give the God who gave it everything. There is no gray area here. No cowardly neutrality is available. There is only Christ or Satan, good or evil, joy or God. Any ideology or belief system or allegiance we have which tells us differently is lying to us and ultimately begging us to choose death over life. And so, how then do we know we are being lied to? How do we know we are being seduced into trading hope and comfort, or strife? How do we know? We can only be set free from this cycle of living slavery by submitting ourselves to the truth, 
hearing, reading, marking, learning, and inwardly digesting all the Holy Scriptures of God. If we are not faithfully executing these solemn duties, we might be a Christian, but we will be one who is constantly falling prey to the lies of the world, the flesh, and the devil. We might be a Christian, but we will be one madly focused on the temporary nonsense of a dying world, and we will miss out on the hope and comfort which comes from the God who loves us and speaks to us personally in his holy word. As the 16th century Anglican bishop and theologian John Jewell, a beautiful passage, he writes, all that is written in the word of God is not written for angels or archangels or heavenly spirits, but for the sons of men, for us and for our instruction, that by them we may receive strength and comfort in all adversities and have hope of a life to come. The Bible is the word of God. God openeth his mouth and speaketh to us to guide us into all truth, to make us full and ready in all good works, that we may be perfect men in Christ Jesus, so grounded and rooted in him that we be not tossed to and fro with every tempest. A great passage. So we can say with this jewel, whatever tempest may be darkening your horizon this week, let us join with St. Paul by rejoicing in Christ's victory over death. And let us see every day how Christ's victory is our victory in the blessed pages of God's holy word. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Whatsoever you would that men should do unto you, even so do unto them. For this is the law and the prophets. Please join me in hymn number five.
page 250 of the Book of Common Prayer. Let us pray for the whole state of Christchurch militant here on earth. Almighty and ever-living God, who by thy holy apostle has taught us to make prayers and supplications and to give thanks for all men, we humbly beseech thee most mercifully to accept our alms and oblations and to receive these our prayers that we offer unto thy divine majesty, beseeching thee to inspire continually the universal church with the spirit of truth, unity, and concord, and grant that all those who do confess thy holy name may agree in the truth of thy holy word and live in unity and godly love. We beseech thee also to direct and dispose the hearts of all Christian rulers, that they may truly and impartially administer justice to the punishment of wickedness and vice, and to the maintenance of thy true religion and virtue. Give grace, O Heavenly Father, to all bishops and pastors, that they may both by their life and doctrine set forth thy true and lively word, and rightly and duly administer thy holy sacraments. And to all thy people, give thy heavenly grace, and especially to this congregation here present, that with me part and due reverence they may hear and receive thy holy word, truly serving thee in holiness and righteousness all the days of their life. And we most humbly beseech thee of thy goodness, O Lord, to comfort and succor all those who in this transitory life are in trouble, sorrow, need, sickness, or any other adversity, especially those for whom our prayer to desire. And we also bless thy holy name, for all thy servants did part of this life in thy faith and fear beseeching thee to give us grace so to follow with good examples, that with them we may be partakers of thy heavenly kingdom. Grant this, O Father, for Jesus Christ's sake, our only mediator and advocate. Amen. The exhortation is found beginning on page 255 of the book of John Red. Dearly beloved in the Lord, he that might to come to the holy communion of the body and blood of our Savior Christ, must consider how St. Paul exhorted all persons diligently to prove and examine themselves before they presume to eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Whereas the benefit is great, if with a true penitent heart and lively faith we receive that holy sacrament. But then we spiritually eat the flesh of Christ and drink his blood, that we dwell in Christ and Christ in us. We are one with Christ and Christ with us. So we is the danger great if we receive the same unworthily. But then we are guilty of the body and blood of Christ our Savior. We eat and drink our own condemnation, not considering the Lord's body. We kindle God's wrath against us. We provoke him to plague us with diverse diseases and sundry kinds of death. Judge therefore yourselves, brethren, that ye be not judged by the Lord. Repent you truly for your sins past. Have a lively and steadfast faith in Christ our Savior. Amend your lives and be in perfect charity with all that. So shall ye be meet partakers of those holy mysteries. And above all things, ye must give most humble and hearty thanks to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, for the redemption of the world by the death and passion of our Savior Christ, both God and man, who did humble himself, 
even to the death upon the cross for us miserable sinners, who lay in darkness and the shadow of death, that he might make us the children of God and exalt us to everlasting life. And to the end that we should always remember the exceeding great love, our Master and Savior, and only Jesus Christ, thus dying for us, and the immutable benefits which by his precious bloodshedding he hath obtained for us. He hath instituted and ordained holy mysteries as pledges of his love, and for a continual remembrance of his death to our great and endless comfort. To him, therefore, the Father and the Holy Ghost, let us give, as we are most bound in continual thanks, submitting ourselves wholly to his holy will and pleasure, and studying to serve him in true holiness and righteousness all the days of our life. Ye who truly and earnestly repent of your sins, and are in loving charity with your neighbors, and intend to lead a new life, following the commandments of God, and walking from henceforth in these holy ways, draw near with me, and take this holy sacrament to your company, and make your humble confession to Almighty God, meekly kneeling upon your knees. Almighty God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Maker of all things, judge of all men, we acknowledge and bewail our manifold sins and wickedness, which we from time to time most grievously have committed, by God, word, and deed, against thy divine majesty, provoking most justly thy wrath and indignation against us. We do earnestly repent, and are heartily sorry for these our misdoings. The remembrance of them is grievous unto us, the burden of them is intolerable. Have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us, most merciful Father. For thy Son, our Lord Jesus Christ's sake, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may ever hereafter serve and please thee in nearness of life to the honor and glory of thy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who is greatness, hath promised forgiveness of sins to all those who with hearty repentance and true faith turn unto him. Have mercy upon him. Pardon and deliver you from all your sins. Confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and bring you to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hear what comfortable words our Savior Christ said unto all who truly turn to him. Come unto me, all ye that travail and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. So God loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, to the end that all that believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Here also what St. Paul said, This is a true saying, and worthy all men to be received, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Here also at St. John's. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up unto the Lord. Let us give thanks unto our Lord God. He is meet to rise so It is very meet, right, and all bound in duty, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty everlasting God. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, 
Lloyd's Press, page 
Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen. Please join me in 485.